Hello everyone and welcome to episode 83 of the Knowing Will podcast and um, bizarrely I've started this podcast because um, Matt is out of office as you can probably see already. How are you doing Matt? I'm, I'm alright thank you mate and you? Yeah I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm surprised that I think for the first time in what getting on for two years of this podcast it's actually you who's not where they usually are rather than me. Um, because that's It has happened once before. Wasn't a real podcast, though, was that? Or was that? No, we did do quite a few of the car reveals, didn't we? When I was away, yeah. Um, but yeah, normally it's Jamie with the jet-setting lifestyle. But yeah, <laughs> this week I'm currently back out with uh, Alfa Romeo All and F1 team uh, Sauber Esports. Uh, so I'm currently in a Swiss hotel. Um, I mean, if ever there was a podcast where you didn't want to see my face, it's this one because I've been awake now for about 16 hours. Um, so yeah, if you want to go check out, there will be links to Spotify, everything like that down below. Uh, as you will probably also be able to tell, I'm apparently making this a bit of an ASMR show this week. <laughs> I obviously probably got people in hotel rooms right next to me, so I don't really think they want to listen all night uh, to us to ramble on about the goings on for the Mexican Grand Prix. But yeah, check out links in the description below, of course, uh, Spotify bit um f1 merch all that good stuff and all be linked down there as always and of course timestamps as well if you want to skip forward to any point in the show um but yeah jamie start us off then you, you've taken the lead today i'm, I'm yeah, liking this so um, mexican grand prix weekend of course um pre-weekend though we had a bit of news regarding the uh the your your hosts actually alfa romeo or more specifically salva which has been kind of the worst yes. secret for all of the year really ever since the audi rumblings have started it's kind of been like, oh, they're going to go to, uh, they're going to take over Salva, <laughs> which has now been yes. officially confirmed for 2026. But they're properly, yes. but they're what, a title sponsor from next year, isn't it? No. <clears throat> oh, is that not right? You've probably so Alfa Romeo, if I remember correctly, and I really hope I'm not leaking information, I shouldn't be by saying <laughs> this. Um <laughs> Because <laughs> you never get, you never quite remember what you're told in confidence. I'm pretty certain it's Alfa Romeo's contract ends nick at the end of next year. Yeah, anyway, um, good. That's reassuring. Unless yeah. I've accidentally told you this you might as well. Have told me I already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well get arrested halfway through this. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Audi though don't officially step in uh, as a engine supplier till 2026. Um, but it looks like from the end of 2023, they're going to slowly be buying more and more of a stake uh, into Sauber, of course, once Alfa Romeo have gone, uh, which should then obviously mean by the time we get to 2026, they will, I think it's have a 51% stake yeah. uh, in Sauber as well there. And of course, you know, it makes no sense for Audi to rename the team before they're powering the cars, because how ridiculous would that look if it's an Audi Sauber Formula One car with Ferrari power units? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Will they go back to Sauber for those two years, I guess? Yes. It's cool. looking like they'll go back to Sauber for 2024, 2025. That's very cool. I missed the Sauber name. For but that's years. not... Yeah, that's not insider information. That's just what we're assuming yes. at the moment. Yes. Um, and yeah, 2026, of course, the new engine regs, that's when they're coming in. Um, yep. And the other big manufacturer that there's been lots of talk about is Porsche. Um, and yeah, they, they're kind of getting into Devin Williams a little bit as well which is another bit of pre-weekend news it's not anything like official yet but those are no. the sort of the, the murmurs from the paddock which you know there's no smoke without fire that's probably going to happen um yeah porsche and williams that's an interesting one as well as we we see williams kind of moving away from mercedes more and more towards red bull it has been but potentially porsche williams maybe porsche yeah. taking the red bull powertrains eventually 
never know. No, that's definitely that's not true. happening. That's not actually happening, is it? I forgot about that. No. No. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because, of course, what we tend to forget is the fact that this isn't the Williams of old, um, you know, that was fiercely independent and all this, that and the other. You know, Williams nowadays is literally just... Obviously, they got bought out by Doralton Capital a couple of years ago. Doralton Capital, Doralton Capital, sorry, are an investment firm. They'll look to flip that team for a profit and prove they got money back on their investment. And obviously, it makes perfect sense for them. You know, again, we don't really want to lose the Williams name itself, do we, from Formula One? No. But Porsche Williams, you know, they're both companies that have been heavily sponsored by Martini back in the day. You get, get the Martini liveries back, come on. And I think, you know, it's kind of interesting though when you sort of look at the broader picture uh, inside F1 because what we're going to very quickly find is without any new teams obviously Porsche and Audi are effectively going to have two teams and they're kind of under one mm-hmm. the VW group umbrella obviously Red Bull have got two Formula 1 teams in uh, Red Bull and Alpha Tauri obviously Mercedes have still got a fair share of control you know to a certain degree with Aston Martin Obviously, Ferrari still have a fair amount of control over Haas. Um, then you're kind of just left with McLaren, aren't you? And, and one Renault. other team that I'm forgetting. And Renault, sorry, Alpine. yeah. but yeah. Yeah, you, We're kind of stepping into quite a weird space, aren't we? Where, theoretically, when you look like that, it kind of just looks like Haas could get left behind. Yeah, unless Ferrari really want to kind of back them up. But, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen, really. Um, because, yeah, you've got all these manufacturers. Effectively, you've got four five or six factory teams and well, a lot of them that, have, isn't it, really? have their junior team as well yeah which is kind of mad um but yeah has hopefully for them they they find some big backing they've obviously got a new title sponsor for next year as well um which hopefully goes better than the previous two title sponsors that they've had um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah we'll have to wait and see 2026 though is a it feels a long way away but we'll be there in no time to be fair <coughs> we will episode 400 his, uh, of the show his fourth or fifth title by then however many it will be yeah um yeah, Hamilton will be still to... gunning for number eight <laughs> to the uh actual racing that happened in in mexico city this weekend and yeah qualifying began with no real surprises um yeah we just had uh the williams and uh both aston martins and uh mick schumacher as well who set exactly the same time as Sebastian vettel but both of them yes. are out anyway. So it's kind of like sums up their seasons, <laughs> barring Seb's little renaissance in the last few weeks. Yeah, they're yeah, both with yeah. each other all the time, but both being terrible. So there we go. <laughs> no, it was weird, wasn't it? Because, of course, we had sort of the highs of Aston Martin last weekend, and then they just didn't really deliver here. But, of course, we've always known Mexico to be a bit of a weird circuit, mm. and it's never prior to now really favoured Mercedes-powered cars anyway. But yeah, I mean, it didn't really come... To be honest, there weren't many surprises across the board out in Q1 or Q2. Of course, both Aston Martins, Williams, Mick Schumacher is quite a common thing. You know, Williams pretty much always both cars are out in Q1. Uh, Mick's not often delivering on a Saturday. And then both Aston Martins, you know, Stroll is not a qualifier and Seb has struggled at times this year. Um, and then it was kind of a similar story in Q2, wasn't it? Of course, Daniel Ricciardo out, Joe Guanyu, Yuki Tsunoda quicker than Pierre Gasly, but both of them out. And of course, Kevin Magnussen as well, who had grid penalties for this race. So I think Haas were a little bit gutted that he made it out of Q1 instead of Mick and then started at the back anyway. Yeah, yeah. I guess the only real, what you could call a slight surprise was Bottas getting in Q3. But the Alfa Romeo did look quick all weekend. So 
Yeah. Or Bottas looked quick in that Alfa Romeo. Mm. Yeah, he was weirdly on it. Um, sadly for him, didn't deliver that many points, but I'm sure he'd be glad to be back in them at all since first time since Canada, I believe, for him. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it has been a dry spell. It was the classic top nine plus one extra, which was Bottas this time. Um, Bottas is weak to shine. Yeah, yeah, to get one point. Well and done. <laughs> shine he did he when did, we got into Q3, well. though, didn't he? Because, um, I mean, the real talk yeah. of the town was how quick Mercedes were looking. Um, but, yeah, Bottas splitting those Ferraris in P6. That was probably one of the qualifying performances of the year in the dry. Yeah, I've, I'm racking my brain. But I think that, yeah, fairly, uh, well, very impressive. Like, the Ferraris were just not on it at all. I was so surprised by, yeah. This this is one thing Ferrari have been good at this year. It is qualifying. Um Obviously, science got pole position last time out, and Leclerc's had the most poles of all year of anyone. So the fact they were suddenly fifth and seventh on, I guess it's Ferrari an anomalous track, must. but it didn't favour their yeah. turbo, supposedly. Um, but yeah, they were just not on it. They at must all. have turned the engine down. They must have turned the engine down a lot because they were worried about the lack of oxygen. Yeah. That's the only thing I can sensibly think of <clears throat> for them. I mean, the turbo as well might have been affected based on the reduced air pressure, but you can only imagine they must have had to turn the engine down just to try and make it... Or they over... Sorry, they understep the mark even. (laughs) Yeah, over over sort of compensated or whatever you want to call it. Um, But yeah, they were just... I mean, it it was not... They were never really in the fight all weekend, were they really? No, no. They were... Well, sort of took the wrong Mercedes they've been taking most of the year by just chilling in fifth and sixth, not really doing very much. Um, in the race, yeah, they were about forty seconds ahead of midfield, about thirty seconds behind the top four, which must have been pretty boring for the drivers. To be fair, but um, yeah, one little shout out to Science for beating Leclerc. Fair play. Um, yeah, he's been weekend. again. It's yeah, a shame. He shame the car the pace, wasn't, didn't he? Wasn't there? Yeah, no, exactly. It was a shame you couldn't sort of try and capitalise on that. But I mean, yeah, Max Verstappen though, uh, as probably I think most of us were expecting, apart from me who put Leclerc pole. Um, <laughs> P7, Max Verstappen, well yep, yeah, thank you. Uh, Max Verstappen, obviously fastest there. Three tenths clear though of George Russell, who ended up P two. Of course, Hamilton invalidated his first run, uh, but still recovered to P three ahead of, of course, the local home hero in Sergio Perez. Then obviously, Sainz, Bottas, Leclerc, fifth, sixth, seventh. Uh, Lando Norris in P eight ahead of both Alpine. So again, you know they've been a bit up and down in recent weeks, haven't they? But they were quietly kind of back where you'd expect them to mm. be, at least on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, and we've we yeah, like we say, we've seen that top nine so many times, of the top three teams plus both Alpines and Norris. Um, so no real surprise. So top four teams. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was qualifying. Um, got to uh, Sunday. No, re- I didn't watch any pre-race. Um, but from what I can tell, nor did no... I. I was. I literally got because I had to drive to Heathrow that evening. I literally got to where I was staying as they were going around the formation lap. Oh, I, I unfortunately so I did... got I got to st- watch lap two, so probably the most exciting part of the race I missed. <laughs> we both missed the start, did we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's really start. I saw a replay of the start a few times. Um, Talk me through it. Yeah, we had Verstappen obviously on pole, two Mercedes. There was lots of talk about. Oh, Russell's going to take out Verstappen because that's what he does now. Apparently, <laughs> I um, love the memes. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny how quickly the 
the enemies shift oh, around in F1. This is definitely a podcast we're going to do over the winter of just the titanic shifts in people's perception of F1 drivers, seemingly if they do something once. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very amusing and very probably quite toxic, to be fair. But no, Russell quite did not toxic. take out. Well, it's incredibly toxic, isn't it? Um, Russell did not take out anyone on the first lap, uh, but he did drop to fourth because... Yeah, he kind of, I don't know, watching it back, I kind of think he was a little bit scared of Lewis on his inside and potentially kind of bailed. And then that gave him a really bad run to allow Perez uh, to overtake into turn four. So yeah, Verstappen just drove off. Um, both Red Bulls were on softs, both both Mercedes on medium tyres. Um, and yeah, Verstappen held the lead, Hamilton up to second, Perez third, Russell I don't know, quite poor, I thought it was quite poor car positioning, but then I'm sat here in my chair at home, not on a racetrack in a Formula 1 car, so who am I to judge? Yeah. But there we go. I mean, I, I think, again, of course, I think the big thing was, I'm sure, I'm sure George did have a talking to last week, obviously after Cota, yeah. where the team just told him, look, there's three races to go of the year, we kind of just need to get both cars cleanly home and hope Ferrari chuck results away if we want to try and just squeeze ahead of them. Of course, you want to beat Lewis in the championship as well. Just get through the first few corners of these Grand Prix without doing anything. And I'm sure when he saw Hamilton on the outside, that was the last person he'd want to crash into <laughs> yeah, down at turn two. Very true. And um, yeah, straight away, kind of saw the classic Mexico thing of all the cars. I don't know if they were struggling with calling, but it was kind of like they couldn't follow that closely the gaps kind of spread pretty fast all across the field really um yeah. the lead the leaders yeah. were 1.5 to 2 seconds apart hamilton did stay with verstappen quite well in the first stint um but you kind of get the feeling that verstappen was just holding him at an arm's length yeah and this was kind of the weird thing wasn't it because by no means am i a professor of physics or anything like that but sort of in my head i'd kind of hyped up this race weekend as sort of being well, we've got the ground effect there's less air pressure so of course there's less air being pushed out of the way you know really the ground effect i kind of hoped in my head would be even more effective sort of what it was designed to do and that could mean that the cars could stay really close and it kind of just had the opposite effect of obviously there was less <coughs> air being pushed away which meant the ground effect was even less effective than normal because there was less to mm. kind of suck them less, to the ground yeah there's less air there to create the downforce effectively um and we kind of saw that, I guess, with the previous generation of cars, it was more like the engines needed cooling down because they couldn't follow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like another pre-weekend thing we forgot to mention. Um, Mexico did extend to 2025 um, its contract. I think it was due this year, actually. So it's good for Mexico, but it's one of those tracks that I think we can do without, to be honest. It needs What they need to do is dig a big hole and put it at sea level. Can you imagine an underground F1 race? That would be so sick. That would be so dangerous. Yeah. But then they're racing a Monaco tunnel. Yeah, that's not underground. Well, it's, it's uh, yeah, undercover. Um, I, anyway, <laughs> let's move on from that tangent. Um, yeah, I, I think... Basically, I was saying this to the mates I was watching the race with, like, they'll just keep extending while Perez is on the grid, and then as soon as he's gone, they'll they'll cut Mexico off, I feel like. But, but um, that being said, fair play, they know how to put on a party. Oh, they do, yeah. It's a great time for the Mexican fans who are there, and everyone who's there, really. 
but from an entertainment point of view it never really throws up good races i don't think no no and it's kind of that weird thing isn't it where you know mexico you kind of expect on paper could be that right because the thing was what always made mexico quite interesting is the fact that it was less predictable but mm. it kind of then became less predictable for a couple of years and then everyone would kind of guess exactly how it would be less predictable so then it was no longer less predictable <laughs> you just expected someone different to win it was different <laughs> which is but predictable yeah <laughs> Yeah, predictably different, which yeah, is yeah. kind of weirdly. I mean, it's Formula One fans, isn't it? We we can't even settle for predictably different. We just want things to be unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a vicious circle, isn't it, Jamie? The the Definitely. circle of a Formula One track. But like you said, you know, I I don't think when Checo does eventually call it quits that that track will be there much after he's gone. You know, it, it's certainly got a lot of history. But yeah, I just don't see why they would keep it because they're, 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 everyone is only there for Checo mm, yeah and I guess it's unless another Mexican driver comes out of the woodwork somewhere but there's no real candidates in the, the youth systems of Formula 1 bring Gutierrez right back yeah Gutierrez I've been on a bus with him um, fair enough yeah first the first half of the race as we said nothing really happened there's a bit of scrapping in the lower midfield nothing really in the points um, but one of the things that did happen was uh, Gasly almost took out Stroll um, and then got almost. a five-second penalty. Well, he kind of, well, Stroll had to get forced off the track. Gasly also went off the track as well um, at 10-4. Got himself a 5 It was a Stroll-style move it on was. Lance Stroll. It was. Um, but yeah, that picks Gasly up to 10 penalty points, I believe. 10 penalty um, points. Yeah, which, if I was him, I would just take someone out in brazil and then get your race ban in abu dhabi go into alpine with a clean slate deliberate red card you, do, the thing is do you think anyone can ever go into alpine with a clean slate like you've got to, there's well, got to be a lot of guilt on your mind <laughs> yeah you've agreed to get, or, or, get into bed with already alpine, or so you've got some very self-loathing or yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't know when uh his penalty points will expire but i imagine he won't deliberately get and do more <laughs> and i can't see him no breaking everyone into turn one at interlagos <laughs> i'll be honest the, it's the not where my money's at jobs when it comes to penalty points anyway because the amount oh, of time someone's been on 10 and then they, they get one him. when it's usually two so yeah they won't bat him it just no, won't happen no. like the thing is well the only time they try and do that is when they're actually deliberately making an example out of someone and Gasly's not really a drive that you need to do that with No, not I mean too. most of his have been under safety car haven't they oh yeah they have I don't. he got penalty points for He's... Suzuka didn't he despite almost being and killed Kota. by the FIA yeah. um, and Kota last yeah, weekend as yeah. well for falling too far back so it, it's a bit of a weird one but I think yeah, I, I don't see him uh, getting a race ban either but yeah five second penalty for Gasly um, then we kind of started to see the pit stops didn't we of course like you said Verstappen started the race on softs uh, he went to lap 26 then came on to mediums Hamilton then only was able to extend his mediums four laps longer um, but by that point of course Verstappen had pitted before him was on fresh medium tyres Hamilton then had to go on to hards so Verstappen then not only had had a quicker tyre throughout most of the start of the Grand Prix had four laps where he was on much quicker tyres and then had quicker tyres pretty much to the end of the Grand Prix as well. It mm. was... I, I understand what Mercedes were trying and hindsight is a beautiful thing, but if you were them, would you have done the same thing? No. 
No, I don't think so. <laughs> it, 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 I guess it depends on motivation. If they they if they wanted a safe, like hold station race, then yeah, they did the right thing, absolutely. But yeah. if you're going for wins, which when you qualify second and third, you kind of are, aren't you? Like, yeah, I don't you've got to be trying to think about it. With one of their cars, they could have extended the mediums and gone soft at the end, like we saw a few of the midfield do. George wanted to. Yeah, yeah, Russell wanted to. I George think they was were so scared. vocal about this. Mercedes. Obviously, we've seen so much volatility between teammates in Mercedes with differing strategies, specifically 2014-16 time with Hamilton-Rosberg. Yeah. But they absolutely hate giving drivers different strategies to each other because then if, I don't know, if Russell does come through and win, Hamilton would be feeling robbed because he was ahead. I don't think strategy. he would, though. I don't think he would with George, especially in the position the team's in at the moment. Of course, I'm thinking back to like Australia at the start of the year where Russell lucked into a safety car that really did gift him the podium that Hamilton deserved yeah. all weekend. Um, I, I don't genuinely believe... I think this is the first time probably since Michael Schumacher left the team at the end of 2012 where there's kind of no... Maybe for a bit of 2017 as well, but there's kind of no resentment or deep-rooted... Not toxic rivalry, but certainly tense rivalry. Yeah, I don't think there's any tension between Hamilton Mercedes. and Russell. Um, but if Russell does go on to win the race with that different strategy a win is different for Hamilton like he's been trying so hard to win this season obviously he always tries hard to win that sounds a bit stupid to say but if he I don't know if you're in Hamilton's shoes you are ahead and you get put on a worse when well, in hindsight is a worse strategy your teammate goes on to win on the better strategy you would be feeling like robbed by that I think and yeah he could probably take it in the short term but like Mercedes can definitely do without those those problems, which is why they always put their drivers on the same strategy. But they got to try and win a race. They have, and the they should have done, day. I think. And yeah, potentially, really got yeah, the medium hard strategy. They were they were basically banking on Red Bull having to two stop, which the predictions were all one stops, even from soft to medium. So, yeah, it was a it was a strange call to start them on mediums. Obviously, you backed yourself into a corner then because you can't really do anything other than try and stretch it like 50 laps and go to soft at the end. But yeah, it was it was a shame. It was just overly conservative, I think, from Mercedes, which we see far too often from them. Well, <laughs> um, the, yeah. the thing was as well, wasn't it, of course, because even if their just whole focus is we want to try and beat Ferrari by the end of the year, even if they gambled it and rolled the dice, they were so far ahead of Ferrari anyway, they would have mm. finished third and fourth. Like the only way it could have gone wrong is if one of them got a puncture. Yeah, yeah. And like, just if one of them dice. stays out 50, 45, 50 laps, a safety car hands it to you then. Like, it's just, yeah. it's a risk worth taking. Obviously, you've got it, yeah. Hindsight, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was frustrating, it wasn't it? It seemed like they didn't um, really commit to either and just went in the middle and didn't really achieve anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, someone else that might have been a bit frustrated, though, poor Yuki Sonoda, uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Probably rather worryingly, he he took another car out and it was still, oh excuse me, his race of the year. Yeah. Talk talk me through that incident. Yeah, I was uh, not best pleased because uh, Yuki was in my fantasy team, which is fun. Um, yeah, so I was just chilling. In I've just realised as well. Sorry, Jamie, to be very very unprofessional halfway through the show. I've got no idea what my password is on F1 fantasy, so there's going to be no way I right. can find out. So how I guess I'm on that as well. Week. All of it. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, Sonoda into turn four 
well, it wasn't really turn, turn four, so it was just ahead. It was kind of turn six, two corners later. Ricardo just absolutely sent it from nowhere, was never really close enough alongside, and then Sonoda gets launched into the air and is out of the race with side pod and floor damage. Um, and yeah, that was very, very frustrating as a uh, as a massive Yuki Sonoda fan um, for one weekend until he got team. Um, oh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah. Ricardo obviously at fault gets a 10 second penalty but because he was on those fresh softs because he did the strategy that Russell should have done um, he just blitzed it he he went so fast in the second stint um, yeah that was for 11th when he took out Sonoda uh, he then went on to pass Norris uh, then Alonso but kind of and then Ocon and then and then gaps 10, ten <coughs> sorry then gaps 10 seconds on everyone so he did end up finishing seventh despite the penalty but the fact he probably gained about 20 seconds 25 seconds of race time compared to Ocon who was effectively the next best of the rest um yeah that strategy was was the one I think and it's a shame that more people didn't try it but I think it was just Ricardo and Vettel in the end yes yeah no it was a good strategy call and yeah just Obviously, a shame that Yuki Sonoda was kind of a target in Daniel Ricciardo's firing line. Yeah, I did also yeah. love as well. I don't know if you've seen this, seen this clip. Sorry, um, that when Ricciardo was lining up for a move on Esteban Ocon, he literally does a finger gunshot at him before he overtakes him. <laughs> He's so sad. Did you not know, on his onboard? <laughs> but the thing is, you say that, but this weekend it was like Daniel Ricciardo's version of exactly what Seb did last weekend, where the pressure's yeah. off. You go out there, enjoy yourself, and you get a good result. Well, and kill a young Japanese man. At the same time, I don't recall Seb doing that. At no, Kota, true. But Seb didn't do that. Maybe <laughs> I don't think Sonoda enjoyed it as much as Ricardo did. Let's put it that way. No, I don't think he did. Poor little Yuki. Um, but I mean, yeah, really. Of course, I was kind of hoping that might bring out a safety kind of just spice up the race somewhat towards the end. But the only other thing that happened was obviously a fraud Nando Alonso, a mechanical failure. <laughs> get your comments in. That was the one. This I'm week. gonna get those. <laughs> Leave them down below. Get get salty with Alonso and Hamilton were beefing actually before you. the race. That was quite funny. They were. I thought that was incredible because Hamilton won that beef. Uh, actually, Kimi Raikkonen won it because Hamilton bought a 07, which is irrelevant. So, eh, well, out of the two of them, they you screwed know, themselves out of a title completely. They, yeah, exactly, exactly. It was a, it was a strange time uh, down at McLaren, but. Yeah, I mean, Alonso, of course, very, very lucky again. I mean, he's just had a, a frustrating year, hasn't he? I mean, Absolutely. even as a... He was probably... Even he as was definitely not exactly on an Alonso enthusiast. He was at least getting eighth, probably getting seventh. He was quite far ahead of Ocon before he had the problems. Do you reckon he would have got Ricardo? I think Ricardo probably would have got him, but yeah, maybe with the penalty, yeah. I don't know. It could have been seventh or eighth, um, which would have been a nice little haul for my fantasy team as well. Um, but obviously not, because if I own them, that means they have to DNF. Um, <laughs> yeah very unlucky um, he said in his interview like this like what a year another DNF for car 14 and stuff which is one of his slander names on Twitter which is ironic um, <laughs> yes very unfortunate and that was kind of it bought our VSC that changed nothing and that was kind of the end of the race then yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously, Max Verstappen a comfortable race victory in the end breaks the record for the most wins in a Formula One season. Uh, again, you know, 
it's a new record. Don't get me wrong. Fair play to him. It'll it'll stay in the record books, I'm sure, for a couple of years at the very least, depending on how OP next year's Red Bull car is <laughs> as well. Does kind of lose its weight a bit, doesn't it, when you think he's, what, 20 races into a year and Seb managed to get, would have got 14 in a 20-race season and Michael Schumacher probably would have got 16 in a 20-race season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, still, hats off to you. You know, he and Red Bull this year have been dominant in a way that of course we never even really saw Mercedes of course because Bottas was always a lot closer to Hamilton or Ferrari were always a lot closer to Hamilton um, and obviously of course Rosberg was always very close to Hamilton with the exception <laughs> of 2015 so it has been the perfect storm for Apple hasn't it you know not trying Absolutely. to take away from Verstappen's achievement but you know <clears throat> but even was, so they had very stiff competition at the start of the year from Ferrari until they just completely self-destructed Basically, every At race. Imola, yeah. Um, Round four. <laughs> Imola onwards, it was poor. But, yeah. Yeah. Very good season, obviously, for Max. Re- record breaking. Um, yeah, most points ever as well in the Formula 1 season. Most points ever. Already, he's still got two races to they must probably be getting score another 52. Close. They must be getting pretty close to most wins in a row for a constructor because they've won um, every race since Austria. I think that's still. Across seasons, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, they, I feel like McLaren Williams ninety two, ninety three. Most consecutive wins by a, a constructor is eleven by McLaren in the nineteen eighty eight season. Oh, fair enough. So um, yeah, they must be right there then. They must be very close. They must be right there. If that was Austria, what was Austria? Around ten of the year. They must have done t- no because Ferrari won Austria and Ferrari won Silverstone. Austria was after Silverstone, was it not? No, it was the week before. Oh. Ah, here we go. Most consecutive wins. <coughs> so they're on nine right now, and the record is 11. Yeah. So, yeah. if so they win the last two... If you win the final two then, races, um, which is very possible, which is probably quite win. likely, to be honest. Yeah. They've just yeah. got to start next year without both cars blowing up, I suppose. Yeah, so We will wait ideal. and see about that. But, yeah, Max Verstappen, though, won the Mexican Grand Prix. Then now officially the most successful driver at Mexico. Technically already was, but Jim Clark had three wins, although one of them wasn't a real Grand Prix. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, P2. Sergio Perez gets another podium. Fair play to him. Um, Obviously, his dad loving life once more. And I think, really, that's kind of just all we wanted to see on TV was Checo's dad just vibing again. Uh, George Russell, I think a bit gutted in P4 there. Uh, Sainz, Leclerc, Ricardo, Ocon, Norris. And like you said at the start, uh, Bottas finally getting more points on the board for Alfa Romeo there, even if it was just a one solitary one. Uh, but remember, Jamie told me a couple of weeks ago that Aston Martin would trounce Alfa Romeo. I don't, I don't remember year, saying the word trounce. I feel like that was the I said Aston would beat Alfa Romeo, and I still stand by that. Fair enough, you moron. <laughs> Alfa Romeo all the way, baby. Um, well, I hope Alfa do it, but they won't. Well, I believe in them. Let's let's jump into the quiz, though. I did want to try and genuinely segue into it quite a while ago, but you cut me off before I had a chance. Oh, well, I should have been more forceful um, then. <laughs> I should have been, but you know me. I'm a gentle soul. Um, <laughs> we, we've, we've already spoke about, obviously, Sergio Perez. Uh, we even mentioned another one of the drivers on this list. Jamie, oh, no. there are six drivers from Mexico to have raced in Formula 1. You have got one minute to name all of them for six me, minutes. and I've just realised oh, I can't do a timer. Because I've got notes on my phone. Your time starts now. Well, Checo Perez. Yep. Yep. Esteban Gutierrez. Yep. Um, Pedro Rodriguez. Ricardo yep. Rodriguez. Yep. Other Mexicans. Yeah, 45 seconds. 
There's one that I hadn't heard of, and there's one that okay. I had, but it's quite an obscure one. Oh, uh, that'll be super old, wouldn't it? Anyone's dad ever yes. raced? No, Checo's dad didn't look like a mode F1 driver, really. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's a peak Formula 1 driver. 30 seconds, by the way. Uh, what's a typical Spanish name or Mexican name? <laughs> oh, God, um, Jamie, don't start this. Fernandez. <laughs> no. Um, Rodriguez. I thought he said Rodriguez. Um, you I'm, said two I've, Rodriguez. Can you tell me the decades? Uh, I 70s, I think, for one of them, and then oh, 50s or 60s for the other. <laughs> I've got no chance. Um, no. Three, two, uh, one, over. Yeah. Well, you I got the four well. I could have got. <laughs> you got the four that you should have got. One of them, I feel like when I say the name, you might realise... Um, because he's actually been mem- he's actually been mentioned in the Formula One games before. Oh, really? Who's that? Yeah, Hector Rabak. Who? Can you remember what he was? Hector Rabak. Can you remember what he was famous for? No, I didn't play Formula One games he- enough. He was the last Formula One driver to race for his own team. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I only Which, of one course, is the team. intro. Is the intro to F1 My Team, I think, back on F1 2020, of course, uh, when it first got introduced, that obviously he was the last driver back in the 70s. And the other one which I hadn't heard of was Moises Solana. Not sure if he's related to the cryptocurrency, but there we are. (laughs) Yeah, that was I can't imagine he was. Low effort quiz from Matt there. We want better next week. It was, but I'm trying to work everything off a laptop this week, so it's it's not going to be pretty. Thank you very much. Yeah, shall we move um, on to F1 Fantasy, which you cannot well, do let's go dr- for. Do we not want to go driver of the day first? Are we not going oh, yeah, to okay. stick to the schedule? Let's do it. Driver of the day, Jamie183. Who are we seeing? I think shout-outs... I mean, if he hadn't killed a small Japanese driver, it would be quite simply Daniel Ricciardo, well, wouldn't he's it? Well, because he didn't fair. Yeah, um, but that I mean, one thing he did do was killing another driver. <coughs> really, we can't award driver of the day for that, can we? Yeah, so can we? Because there's no candidates, I will go for Max Verstappen. Okay, Jamie's going to pick favourites. I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton. Then he actually made <laughs> up places during the race. <laughs> yep, yeah. No, I think the, um, the resident Hamilton fanboy has spoken. I th- I think Bottas as well deserves a shout out. Of course, very very strong qualifying, lacked a bit yeah, in the true. race. You know, still the Bottas racecraft is lacking. Unfortunately, um, I don't want to know how many times he got out broke down into turn one, but you know, picked up a point for Haas. Uh, sorry for Alfa Romeo, even nonetheless. That's really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, who's employing <laughs> I can't remember. I th- um, let's let's move over then. Uh, well, Jamie's gonna have to move over to F1 yeah, Fantasy. I have been able to log thing. into my team. No, I have you been have. able to log into my team. Okay. Luckily, my laptop knew already. How um, many points, Jamie One Eight Three? Well, did as you we've score already disclosed, week? my uh, there were two DNFs in the race, both of which were in my team. <laughs> I had one of them. Um, I I had a pretty poor week. I think I got one hundred and fifty-two. Oh. I outscored you, but it was only by four. <laughs> and I, I felt really happy with my points. Oh, what, so you want 156? Yes. I'm that is 152 plus did four. Did you turbo signs? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did as well. That was that was a good decision. Um, yeah, I had Verstappen, Science Turbo, and Ferrari, the classic trio. And then I had Alonso. And then I went a bit rogue with Sonoda and Stroll. Um, <laughs> ah. Which didn't get me many points. Wise choice. No, I mean, I stuck with both Red Bulls, Sainz, Alonso, Bottas, and Alpine, which, I mean, to be honest, if Alonso hadn't retired late on, that would have probably netted me some pretty handy points. 
in yeah, the end. I would have Alonso probably been up towards good. about the 170 odd range, probably well, maybe 180. All I need is, Sonoda finishes, he probably gets about 20 because he beat Gasly. Alonso finishes, he probably gets about 25, 30. I'm looking at 200 odd, but there we go. Ricardo exists, There's no way Gasly would have got that many points. No, Sonoda because he, done. Sorry, Sonoda even, because he didn't gain any places during the race, did he? But he beat his teammate out qualifying race. That doesn't matter. Bottas beat my his teammate and he scored me seven. Oh, well, yeah, maybe not then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, but there just we go. trying to crush your dreams quickly. Yeah, I'll um, run through everything because... Please Matt do, because uh, I can't find it. Uh, yeah, Mexico. My rank, or my my game week rank in Mexico was 1,698, which is above average, but not what I aspire to be in Matt's league, which now has 4,506 people, so fair play. I feel like that's less than last week. I do feel like that might be less. Maybe people have got banned. Have we lost people? <laughs> Someone got DDoSed and banned from our league. <laughs> we should just remove everyone above me, I reckon. Um, I'm going to remove... Actually, can I remove people? You probably I can. Powered. I, reckon... I don't think I can. Oh, wow. But yeah, the top team this week was Rosie V from Canada, who obviously mega drivered Verstappen with a turbo of science. She would. I've still got a mega driver. <clears throat> then uh, Red Bull is the team, which netted a 1 3, so decent. Uh, Albon, Bottas, and also Sonoda. So it could have been even better if Ricardo didn't exist, um, which sums up McLaren's season, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was 302 sums up points. Much Formula 1 this year. 302 points to win. Uh, second place, 301 points for Gioti Maya M. Sorry about your name. Um, which I just butchered, <laughs> but there we go. Also, Sonoda. Everyone got screwed by me. I mean, this guy had Ricardo as well as Sonoda, so that must have been stressful. Um, <laughs> I don't think people worry about F1 fantasy the way you do, mate. I only do because there was nothing else to care about in that race. I was like, where's Sonoda? <laughs> yeah, uh, Max Mega, Science, Alonso, Sonoda, and Ricardo. So two DNFs and still second place. Wow. Um, yeah, Selwyn P in third. Uh, Chris Y uh, in fourth, Selwyn P other team in fifth. So well, well, that's a very good. Larry T, who I think is doing really well, but it's not Scuderia Wickham. It's a different team for Larry T in sixth place. Then uh, Bashar I in seventh with Brant B, Mauro uh, Val Valmagia. There's some good reading from me and Rosario Roldan, the two Argentinians in ninth and tenth. Uh, so yeah. 248 was the points you needed to get top 10 this week. Uh, I got 158 too. So I was 96 points off. If I make a drive with Max, I would have probably just about scraped that. I might have done as well. Yeah, I would have done. But you haven't got a mega driver left. I have. That's true. Um, but yeah, that leaves the overall, which is uh, pretty settled at this point in the season. We've still got the Volvo 240 17 Global 2021 in first. Quite a distance. <laughs> Quite uh, Philip S, that is. Quite a distance ahead of the boy who cried wolf uh, with Bryce G. Ahead of Larry T. Oh, actually, that is his first team, which came... No, it isn't, sorry. It's a different team that came in the top 10 this week. Um, but he's still third overall with Max T. It's all fallen apart for him. Although he's he might still finish second or first, which if he manages that after, what was it, Mega Hamilton in Spa, that would be very impressive. <laughs> um, we've got DMG in fifth with Rosario Roldan sixth. Out of Mid here, S, uh, Kevin L, Atia M, and Nihal V. 
in 10th place. So you need 3,939 points to get top 10. I don't think I'm getting it. So all I need to do is make a drive of someone either in Brazil or Abu Dhabi who nets 300 points alone. Yeah, yeah, which seems unlikely. To be honest. I, I'm not going to count it out. I reckon there's still a top <laughs> ten overall in the books for me come the end of the year. Yeah, that's our um, fantasy rundown. I believe I'm still trouncing that overall. Um, I believe you are. I believe you 309th are. 309th for me, so that's all right. I'm just outside the top thousand, so definitely. That is poor. You sweat. <laughs> um, you are also, I'm afraid, Jimmy. Can I have to try and find the predictions real <coughs> half? Although to be fair, I don't think I want to hear them. Yeah, week, because um, I think it is all but over, isn't it? Uh, almost, I think. I don't think it's quite. I haven't quite worked it out. But predictions recap. There's 18 of course, points available. Matt had to go bold uh, and do something different to what I was going to do, which was very safe and boring, but effective. So there we go. Um, I went for a Verstappen pole, a Verstappen win, with a Perez points. and Leclerc second and third. So I got five points. Five points. So you're on 69. Well Six, done. No. Extra uh, credit to you. 71, actually. 66 mine? plus You're 5. You're on 64. You're on 64. It says 66 on mine. Does it? Yeah, it says 66 to 47. I'm pretty certain. Okay, well, I'm not sure that's right. I've got the scores muddled up somewhere. The whole season's void. Yeah, much like a uh, lap 58 in your mind. Um, that's an yes. unnecessarily hurtful thing. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh, and I believe you went for a Leclerc pole, a Leclerc yep, win. None. None. With, uh, it was Perez and Hamilton, but in the wrong order. So you got two so points. So I got two points. So how many points am I on? Um, 49. 49. And I won 71. So it's over. So oh, no. 18 points and available. And there's that is, that is very powerful. Oh, no. <laughs> If you see anything on Twitter from me in the next couple of weeks. I, I, I don't think you can. I feel like there's going to be some rules. Yeah, there's some boundaries. I'll be nice. Um, I'll be, I'll be I, I feel nice. like there's going to be an Alonso tweet on my account very, very soon. Um, oh, damn it. I just to boost the interactions. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, I'll achieve that um, for you, don't worry. I mean, let's, let's not beat around the bush, Jamie. Race ratings to finish us off. It, it, was, it was a poor. bit dull, wasn't it? It was. A three it and a was. half, a four out of ten. I'd give it three. I gave it a little two stars on your little uh, community post. So thank you very much. I'm yeah. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Yeah, arguably one of the worst races of the year. I um, think it probably is just... the worst. I haven't watched all of them. Yeah, like I don't remember all of them particularly. No, but I'm pretty sure it was the worst. Probably, probably very very sadly. Anything else to add though, Jamie? Before we round this show out, I don't believe so. Uh, let me just I think I think we've done pretty well this week. Twitter real quick. Yeah, see if anything controversial has gone on. I mean, we've got to mention the fact that Alonso did in the end get his P7 reinstated uh, from Cota, but we both had brain cells, so we knew that would happen anyway. Apparently, the yep. FIA don't. But uh, someone know, all, in NASCAR wall rode for a P5. Yes, Ross Chastain pulled off an, either a thousand the IQ incredible move or the most redneck thing you've ever seen, but. <laughs> As someone that is actually genuinely a fan of NASCAR, fair play to him because that was such a critical move and you could only ever get that in NASCAR. So they're going to be hyping up that for years. If you haven't seen it, there. go watch 
Go watch it. Just I mean, you have to have seen it by now. It's everywhere. Yeah. It is everywhere at the moment. I mean, that will probably replace NASCAR now. They they still focus on the 2007 Daytona 500 finish. They finally <laughs> got some replacement B-roll, um, which which says it yeah. all. It only took them 15 years. But, I mean, if Ross Chastain goes into next weekend and somehow wins this thing, that will be how he did it. That will be what he's remembered for. And I think yeah. whether he does or whether he doesn't, that car is probably going in the Hall of Fame anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that's our NASCAR None of those words Jamie understood. I was just None of those along. words. Jamie Smile had no wave. idea. Smile and wave, just like the penguins from Madagascar. That's exactly what I was quoting. Thank you. Um, what a weird reference we've gone down. <laughs> <laughs> that about rounds us up. And since I did the intro, I might as well outro it as well. So, um, yeah, thank Go you for, for watching. it. Take it away. Uh, episode number 180, not 183, 83 in the can. Um, only 100 episodes to the Jamie 183 tribute show. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a two hour podcast of your greatest hits oh we should, that would be ideal um, yeah let us know what you thought, your own race ratings uh, how you got on in fantasy all that kind of stuff um, yeah, uh, I don't know how you outro these usually but we'll uh, we'll see you next time for more Knowing Wheel <laughs>